0: Founding Universe, Season 23, Episode 5, the to so be starting something, the book, Star Wars Rogue Planet by Greg Bear, the year was 2000, we're gonna read chapters 15 through 19, and by we, I mean your hosts, Jeff and John, let's go! <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars Novel Discussion Podcast, the only podcast in which I am Jeff, and that is John, and we talk about Star Wars novels. And even then, I'm not sure that's actually true. I think we technically do that in the bonus content podcast attached to this podcast. Yeah. And we probably have mentioned Star Wars novels in System Mastery and stuff, too. Oh, I'm, I am certain that this show has bled over into other things. Yeah. Because here's the problem. Once you have knowledge of Star Wars things, you're like, fuck, this has ruined me. <laughs> it's like knowing Dune words. Or you're Pokemon. like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Now I know forbidden knowledge. Yeah. Like my my, my daughter has recently uh, picked up an affiliation for Pokemon. Yeah. Because uh, she is a child. Because she's a child. Yeah. And she picked up from other kids at school. And I figured, you know, I could try and lock this down or I figured it'd be more fun to encourage it because it might encourage her to want to read. Yeah, and the reason I thought that is because I bought her a big encyclopedia of every Pokemon there's ever been. It's a big visual enci- visual encyclopedia. It's got their names in big, bold text, and then their, their evolution grids with also names underneath each character down below. So she'll come running in, and she'll be like, Daddy, who's this? Who's this? And I'm like, that's a Turtwig. Now, can you tell me the name of what he evolves into? And she'll go down there going, like, meh, mm, something. I and I have to end my anecdote there, because I don't fucking know what Turtwig turns into. Yeah, bad choice. <laughs> Should have been like, that's Bulbasaur. <laughs> Yeah, everyone knows Bulbasaur evolves into Bulbous Nuts. Uh, Bulbadees Nuts. Uh, <laughs> Why? Why would you do this to me? Uh, or Eevee, which is her favorite. Yeah. That's an easy one, because it turns into like eight different things. Yeah, like Eevee's Nuts. <laughs> oh heard about it's is fair. fair play yeah yeah so uh so anyway. oh how the tables have turned <laughs> so she's been way into that and i've been encouraging it but it's the same thing where now that she's got pokemon on the brain we'll see a regular ass animal in the field and she'll be like look dad that cow looks like a taurus <laughs> sure and i'm like oh sweetie that taurus looks like a cow that that is the, the logical order of progression That is the way of things. No, but you see, it progresses from things I give a shit about to things I don't. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, anyway, how you doing? I'm all right. Still so busy getting ready for Gen Con, and yet here we are reading a book. Oh, yeah. I mean, our job is reading a book and writing a book and talking about the books we read and the books we write. Yeah. So, so Yeah. Uh, we, uh, yeah, we have Gen Con coming really, f- I don't know why we're mentioning this on this show and no, we don't do anything Star Wars related while we're there other than hang out with the former crew of campaign from time to time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we have Gen Con starting in two days. We're going to fly out. Uh, that's, that's going to be pretty exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Not the part where we have a layover in Austin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Austin's an okay town and all, uh, but it, it's like 108 there and I'm worried that the plane will be stuck. <laughs> yeah. To the tarmac. Yeah. Well, there's a certain temperature variance at which airplanes can no longer, like airliners in particular, can no longer take off because their wings cannot get enough, hot air has a thinner density, and so it can't lift the airplanes off the ground anymore. They get stuck to the ground, and you get stuck in them, and they can't turn the air conditioner on because it's powered by air going through the airplane. Yeah, that is that is the most worrisome thing to me, is Them being like, no, we can totally do this. And then being like, oops, you got to sit for 45 minutes in the hottest thing that's ever existed. Yeah, you got to sit in this fucking 250 degree oven. Yep. Just sit in this big metal tube and bake. I wonder how long it's going to be before they add just like a fucking socket to the sides of airplanes. And they just run a hose of AC from the airport to the socket. Never. Because you're never like, oh, I'm stuck. At the air, like the gate, the terminal. Yeah, it's going to be trucks. It's going to be AC trucks driving around with big old hoses coming out of them, and they park next to the airplane and pipe AC into them so that they don't kill people. Yeah, I mean the amount of times that I've seen, like, yeah, well, we're out here and it's a hundred something degrees and we're just sitting around, and I'm like, that feels like it should be illegal. (laughs) I'm sure it will be any day now. I mean, people are uh, Granted, not with those clowns in Congress. Am hey. I right? What a bunch of clowns! Anyway, Star Wars. Star Wars. There's we, all these clowns in Star Wars. All these fucking clowns in Star Wars. Are there? Do we? Is there someone that we, we can identify that feels like they were? were I mean, other than I guess Aura Singh is probably the co- close She looks like like a just clown, you know, like or a goose, where she's just got the white face paint with like the dark circles. Yeah, yeah. I, can I see mean, that. also. That she gets fucking clowned on. She also does cost Because she has bright red hair, which is probably... Yeah, it's a top knot. Maybe it's a little tiny wig. Eh? It's a little tiny stick-on wig, just right there Whoop. in the middle. Yeah. So maybe she's the, the famous clown of Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> the, but Vader, I am Orrissing. <laughs> I can't think of anyone else who would fit a clown descriptor off the top of my head. <laughs> I don't know. Probably Anakin. He's a fucking clown. That, guy, that guy's a fucking clown. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So uh we open on Wraith Sinar. Indeed. Uh, Where left we left our heroes. Sure. Uh they had pulled into orbit over Zonama Sakat, and we're being told that the planet has six hundred meter tall knot trees all over it called boras, and that the planet is is uh divided along a horizontal the the, equi- the equatorial divide of the planet makes it look like the planet's wearing white pants. Because the bottom half is all clouds and the top half is all forest. So it looks like it's wearing white pants. That's right. After Labor Day. (laughs) Tacky. The very idea. Uh, Meanwhile, of course, Wraith Sinar has been just constantly dragged into doing things that he is perfectly willing to do. Uh And yet Tarkin... Feels like he needs to belittle him into doing. He's like, "Ha ha! I have you in a corner. You have to go on this mission." He's like, "Yeah, sure, fine. I'll go. I don't care. All right. This is. Let's just go." Why? Why do you think you're getting one over on me? It's fine. Stop <laughs> it. Quit ruining this for me, Signar. <laughs> you know I only get a hard on when I get one over on people. <laughs> yeah, I know, and that's why I'm doing mm-hmm. it. Aren't I bad? I'm making you work. <laughs> I should be punished. We talk, he opens Braddy in this book. Oh, for sure. Right off the bat. Like, I thought maybe we were laying it on a little thick in the last episode. And we were like, this guy's reading like a real bratty sub, and I'm into it. This is my favorite energy I've come, I've gotten from Star Wars villain in a long time. Uh, but in this one, he's just petulant about how the ship's not good enough, and how they're doing this specifically because of him. Yeah, he's just like, oh, we get onto the ship, because he's got, like a tiny little group of ships that he is in charge of. So he has a main ship and there are a couple other little ships going with them. Yeah. And he is just like, I assume this is an, a a personal affront to me, an actual, uh, insult that they didn't include one of my ships in the battleships. Mm -hmm. There's no Sinar technology things in here. Yeah. He wanted some of his stuff. Instead, it's all basically just, uh, like, some shitty old Trade Federation stuff. So there's, mm-hmm. like, a big Trade Federation capital ship that he's uh, flying around on. And then some, like, droid fighters and stuff like that. Yeah. And, of course, he gets incensed the second he's like, Oh, and what are these? Some shitty droids after I told you I don't want fucking droids. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. Now, I'm not quite sure what droids they're talking about because, I, I mean... I'm only familiar with three of it's. They're called E5. The E5 droids. Yeah. Uh, I do not know what an E5 droid is. Neither do but I. But it makes Sinar pissed. He's yeah, just I'm like, sure. ugh, hate I'm, it. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with that. Um, Looks like they're only mentioned in this book. Uh, Weird. Yeah, so, because, you know, the, the, the Roger Rogers are B1s. Yeah. And those ones you only see in, like, the Mandalorian and shit that are, that are like, the headless ones with the arm that's one gun, those are B2s, the super battle droids. And then the rolly balls are just called droidekas. and that's that's all three kinds. Yeah. So I don't know what this thing, what these things are. Now, suppose this is supposed to be like droids that the whole point of them is the old B one, B two things were all centrally controlled from a droid control center. Yeah. And these ones are more autonomous, which is supposed to be the concession to Sinar. Yeah. And Tarkin, of course is Tarkin, and he's like, I would prefer it to be controlled from a central area so that everyone does exactly what I say at all times and no one can do anything but what I say. Yeah, like, you know, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the prequels, give or take, but the uh, layout of the the Trade Federation ships is pretty intelligent. They were like donuts and they had a big ball in the middle, and that ball was just a giant computer that powered the, uh, the entire droid fleets. It was like the central brain for everything, and it was enormous. It was like, you know, a quarter Death Star. And that was kind of a neat concept. Just nothing but a big calculator to make these things go. But E5s apparently all have their own individual brain that I'm going to guess sucks so that we can have these things be comically bumbling. I mean, maybe. Because he did get 3,000 of them. <laughs> and they're they're supposed to be going up against Obi-Wan and Anakin and no one else. Yeah, well, the... I mean, we get some discussion here between Sinar and Tarkin. It's hilarious discussion. And it seems like Sinar is under the impression that they are about to go to Zanamasekot in order to take it over. Yeah, like hold it and stuff. Because he's like, all right, you've given me an insulting amount of troops for one of two reasons. Because either it's, we're just going there to scout this out, and you've given me a shitload of guys because you don't think I can do it without it, and that's an insult. Or you're sending me to take and hold someplace with a group of people that absolutely could not do that. Mm -hmm. And... It's an insult that way. I cannot fathom the idea that you just gave me whatever guys you had lying around. Yeah, and you know, Tarkin's trying to play this off. The two of them are pretty mad at each other throughout most of this conversation, but Tarkin's like, look, look, the Trade Federation lost. This is happening after Phantom Menace. They lost, and they're having to turn over all of their technology and warships to the Republic as we speak. They're all accounted for. Everything is on some ledger somewhere, everything they were supposed to have. So, and the things that aren't are being stolen by people who want to go be petty warlords in, little, in their own little sectors and so on. So, it's hard for me to get any ships from the Trade Federation that I am in charge of, and here they are, the best ones I can. Yeah, he's like, look, man, these would be turned in to the Republic, but I have managed to squirrel these away for this. Yeah. This is the best I can do, and Siner's like... I think you could do better. I think you could do better. I think you gave me these because you want me to look bad. Yeah. His you want deal. me to fail? Yeah. And so then you'll stay on Coruscant and be like, wow, that Sinar, what a little bitch, baby. He <laughs> failed, but I'm cool. <laughs> and I, you know, Tarkin to his credit like, why would I do that? Like, you know, you were already kind of stagnating and failing on your own, you know, not to, not to pierce your toast or whatever, but, um, you were just sitting around in your stupid giant museum designing elegant weapons from a bygone age that no one gives a shit about. Great reference to uh, New Hope, by the way. Yeah. Um, uh, just designing useless weapons no one wants instead of the massive war shit that we're into nowadays, which, yeah. is, which is a weird thing to accuse him of, given that this book opens with him designing the Death Star plus some extra balls. <laughs> you know, Death Star and balls. Death Star plus balls, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's... It is weird that he's just like, oh, you're only into these old weird things. And I'm like, really? Because the only thing we know about this guy is that he's like, I designed TIE Fighters and the Death Star. Like, I am the face of fucking Imperial technology. Yeah. Which is weird because I feel like they're setting him up to die in this book. You know, sending him off to be the face of the bad guys for this one. I, and yet he's you know sign our subsystems. it's really him, maybe it, maybe he's got like a son we don't know about. maybe I'm sure he doesn't know either. Uh, one weird night in college, you know, <laughs> hey, sometimes you experiment and yeah. things go wrong, uh-huh i mean the the big thing with this is I keep looking at it going like, I fully understand wraith's position because again, and we've said this before, but it bears repeating, why are you sending a CEO on a weird like military mission uh, and he's like, oh, it's because you've got. Great tactical training, yes, that has never been used in the field. It's like saying, "Yeah, I'm going to send the guy who's the best at playing like fucking Warhammer to go be my general." Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, Sinar's is basically the guy who went to West Point, and then right before they gave him the actual officer position in the military, he was like, "Ow, bone spurs," <laughs> and they get and he got an office job instead. That that's pretty much his tra- his background in training. So i I don't yeah. I mean, I know why they're sending him. What I don't know is why he's in charge. Like. He's being sent because Zonama Sakat is a starship factory with starship factories on it. And he is a starship factory CEO who knows a lot about starship factories. Oh yeah. So, but why didn't they send another guy? Yeah. He he should be basically your expert scientist. Like he's the guy who's like, Oh, they're making just the weirdest, most hyper advanced ships that no one can get a look at unless they pay billions of credits. And they're like, oh, we're going to send you in there and try and get you to figure out what's going on. That makes sense. But to go, also, you're in charge of everything. You're a rich man. Obviously, you can't fail because you're rich because you're the best. Yeah. Yeah. But his his response to seeing this, because he's just like, God, this is terrible. A tiny ship and three tinier ships, 3,000 stupid droids, and like 300 guys. Thanks. And Tarkin's like, "I don't see what the problem is. This is more than enough to accomplish the mission I've given you." And he's like, "No, you're just trying to make me look bad. You know, I was okay with the constant waking me up in the middle of the night and the choking I actually appreciated, but <laughs> this feels like an insult. This feels like we're breaking up." Yeah. Look, I'm I'm into a little insult play, but this is going too far. Uh-huh. <laughs> You've taken it out of the bedroom and into my personal life and that's not okay. <laughs> This is like showing up to my work and pressing the button that activates the thing in my butt. (laughs) And I appreciate that normally, but today, I feel like... Too far, though. It would be fine. I feel like Sinar would 100% be like, oh, this is great if Tarkin was also going. If Tarkin was the guy who was like, I'm in charge, you're my expert on the ground. Because he asked him again, like, how come you're not coming on this? And Tarzan's like, oh, I got stuff to do. I want to be on Coruscant. I don't want to go. I That's- think it's hotter if I don't go. <laughs> I'm going to send you sexy pictures while you're gone. <laughs> on the second day, I'm going to call you and tell you what you are and aren't allowed to eat. <laughs> it's just... Also wear this little cage. <laughs> I got you a little collar. <laughs> it says daddy's favorite pet. Ha <laughs> ha Now take off that tacky puddin' one. I have told you. (laughs) Awful. Hate it. I've already destroyed every Hot Topic in the galaxy. (laughs) Where do you keep getting those? I have destroyed the Hot Topic. Pray I do not destroy the Cinnabon. Pray I do not come for the (laughs) Torrid. Oh, Lord. Oh, man. So. But yeah, they get into. They just almost, an absolute fucking catfight. They almost come to blows. There's a part where. where And I love the way he describes it where. Uh, where. Sinar, uh, because it's all from his point of view, is yes. like. These, th- these two men have almost come to going at each other with nails and fists. Oh, I was like, dude, this is hot. <laughs> you guys are like uh, going back and forth being so angry. And I'm just sitting in the back going. Just kiss. I like this better than kissing. <laughs> this is great. Just fuck it out of your system already. Yeah, we were talking to our, our uh, resident fandom expert Claire about about this ep- uh, this stuff, and we looked up how much Tarkin fic there is, and there's a lot, but it's mostly Tarkin reader. But hmm. I feel like Tarkin Sinar feels like an untapped market. This shit's great. The two were breathing slightly faster, as if they might go after each other with fingernails and fists at any moment. Fucking fingernails! Fingernails and fists! I'm like, yeah, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man. It's fine. It's cool. If you guys want to do that, that's great. (laughs) I mean, maybe send the droids out. They don't need to see that. (laughs) This isn't for them. (laughs) Uh, Captain Kett can stay. (laughs) Roger, Roger. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, they are in the Admiral Corvin and eventually Sinar's like, all right, well, I'll go see you off Tarkin because... I can't let you leave on your own because I assume that if I let you be by yourself for four minutes that you will immediately begin making plans for my downfall. Yes, yeah. He's, he's right about Tarkin. He, he can't let Tarkin have an inch. So he's like, I'll escort you off the ship. And Tarkin's like, there will be no need. I know my way off the ship. I insist it's my ship and I do it my way. Yeah. And he, meanwhile, he's thinking, yeah, if I leave him alone for even a second, he's going to pull aside some adjutant or someone who's on the ship and be like, see that he doesn't reach zonama sakat yeah he's just like no if you if you haven't already done your scheming by now i'm not gonna let you do more yeah we're just cutting off a little tiny chunk of scheme in time <laughs> you know what makes me sad is in the couple signar chapters we see here we don't see that fucking blood carver or whatever it, uh, no we don't we don't get key dave yeah no key dave that's it's kind of weird that he's not i guess he's just back on one of the other ships or something i guess maybe yeah. But yeah, that's uh that's the end of the first chapter. And then it's time for the landing of the star sea flower or the sea star flower, whatever it is. Yeah. They have gotten to Zonama Sukkot and uh, they are being told where to go. Now, again, half of the bottom half of the planet is just storm. It's just all clouds and storms and nonsense. The top half is almost fully tree. It's like, oh yeah, bottom half, full white, top half, full green, and the only place they can go park is on the, like, top polar section because it is the only place that isn't absolutely covered in either storm or tree. Yes. Um, But of course, they're not trees as we've established earlier. There's something called boras. Um, And and, uh, and yeah, when they contact, Charza Quinn calls in and gets someone from the, the surface who sounds human and they're just like, Yeah, hi. Oh, it's you, the Star Seaflower. Hey, uh, your last customer that you brought us didn't buy anything. Yeah, we we want only good customers, and your last customer kind of sucked. And he's like, great, fine with me. Tell me where they are, and I'll pick them up and take them home for free, and you won't have to worry about them anymore. Yeah, free of charge. I'll get rid of them for you. And they're like, uh, never mind, because they don't want to deal with the fact that she's clearly missing. Oh, yeah. Like, it's (laughs) silly to me that they would very obviously kidnap and do something nefarious with this Jedi. But then the second someone shows up that knows this person, they'd go, hey, that person you brought here was a total pain. And they're like, all right, well, let me see him. I mean, never mind. Please come in and enjoy our fine wares. Yeah, land on our planet. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> oh, boring conversation anyway. Bye. Never uh, mind. Uh-huh. <laughs> We can't let you have her because she's having too much fun in our amusement parks. Uh-huh, our biggest, hugest amusement park where you can't possibly find anyone. Yeah, that's right. She's having cotton candy right now. Oh. Can't talk. What color? It's very important I know what color. <laughs> it's purple. What? That's right. Fuck you. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I like this. I like Charza quite a, gr- a deal because he's Charza's a huge, grizzly, cool. He's a huge grizzly worm monster, and that's neat. And I like him. So, plus, that's some good immediate spycraft of him. That was a quick response. Oh yeah, the fact that he immediately goes like, "Oh, you have a problem? will allow me to help you." And they're if, like, "God damn it! <laughs> if you have a problem, I'll resolve it. Yo, I'll solve it." <laughs> so, um. But also, when he he rises to his full height, because he's grumpy when he gets hit with this information, and it's neat because he almost bumps into the ceiling, and as he does so, he had been covered with little animals, and they go flying off him, and one manages to smack Obi-Wan in the face, which is good. Yeah, That's he's good like, oh, I'm going to pull myself up, and a bunch of food crabs go flying, and Anakin at least gets out of the way, but <laughs> Obi-Wan literally is like, I'm too dignified to duck away from a crab, and then one just slaps him in the face. Yeah, he gets a wet crab in the lips. <laughs> <laughs> salty. Next crab is as salty as me. <laughs> uh and then they land they head down to the yeah. planet. It is, you know, like I said, the polar region of this. They're at the fucking north pole of Zanama Sakot. Yeah. So it is. Very cold. There's some neat stuff here. As they're looking out the windows, there's a point where Obi-Wan thinks he sees a big rift or a dark spot somewhere on the planet. But by the time he manages to swing around and try and catch another look at it, it's gone. And it's just trees there again. Yeah. He's like, I swear I saw some kind of like desert in the middle of the trees because it was just a random spot where there was no vegetation. Yeah. And we're going into this book knowing for all of our Patreon listeners and so on that Sonoma Sakata is alive. And, and, uh, like we said, that it, was its butthole. It, yeah. That might be like its eye. What if that was like it's got kind of an ego face? Yeah. Yeah. And the bottom white half is beard. And that's why it's like that. Yeah. It's going to just, the planet turns around and it's got a face and a big white beard. Uh-huh. And it's like, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> My brain is the North Pole. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> I need to eat 1.6 G mega cookies per second. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they land on the in the polar region somewhere. Yeah. And there's one person out there at this stupid little airport waiting for them and two airplanes, not space planes, airplanes. Yeah. Just regular within atmosphere vehicles. Yeah. And, and yeah. this surprises Anakin because he's like, oh, this is a planet for like ultra billionaires to buy the most expensive thing that's ever existed. I assumed we would be greeted with like champagne and you know, lays and people would show up and be like, let me show you to the most extravagant thing you've ever seen. But instead they just show up to a fucking polar ice cap where one person goes, Hey assholes, come here. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's like, what? I thought we were going to, I was hoping for some fanfare. Anakin you know, rarely is he ever after my own heart, but this is a situation in which he is because he's like, ah, damn it. This plant looked neat from orbit. And I've heard it's crazy. And then we land on some boring plane and we're greeted by one lady in a tent. I wanted weird shit. (laughs) I wanted more stuff. And they're like, no. Also, please follow me. I am the most curt, angry lady that there's ever been. And the second they get into this big building that's there, he's like, all right, here it comes. Big building. There's a weird planet with weird factories. Show me something cool. And it's just an empty fucking warehouse. And he's it's like, God damn it. Room. Come on. Yeah. At yeah. least give me a buffet or something. And so she's like, so uh, what do you people want? And Obi-Wan's like, yeah, we're here to learn about the planet and probably buy a ship. And she says, oh, so you're just fucking another group of rich billionaires. I am so sick of this. I wish we didn't have to sell our ships to anybody, but we have to. It was not my choice. And Anakin's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I never said we were billionaires. We have a lot of money with us, and we are hoping to buy a ship. And she's like, so you're just representing someone? Oh, yeah, because he's like, oh. Oh, you have a kid. And he's like, oh, no, this is my student. Yeah. And I'm a teacher and I I love to learn about things and I'm going to get one of these ships. And he's like, just so you know, you can't fucking take this back to whatever, probably a Research, scientist yeah. thing that you have that will then study it and figure out how to make it. Yeah. If that doesn't work. If you're here to buy it for like a college or a bioorganic laboratory or whatever, you can get the fuck back on your dumb little worm plane and go. Yeah. Because uh, you're not you're not getting it. And he's like, no, 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 no. That's uh, that's really, wh- why do you think we're doing that? You seem to be making a lot of assumptions about us. And then right as he tries to go for the Jedi mind trick, well, he's he's like, I might. I probably shouldn't Jedi mind trick this person. That would be weird. The other thing that's neat about her is that she's described as having gray and white hair, but no lines on her face. She's no like the wrinkles. Same, same age as Anakin. So something weird's going on there. They're setting us up with weird little details here and there to let you know that something strange is going to happen eventually. Uh, anyway... Right as he's like, maybe I'll Jedi mind trick or whatever. She suddenly kind of switches from angry to happy and stares off into the middle distance. Like just like she's resetting for a couple seconds. And then she just goes, oh, you're going to go outside and wait for the magister who's sending a plane or the, the plane will send you a magister and you will go south. Your ship can remain for four days. Yeah. She's like, oh, what's that? Okay. The commander says that you're fine and you can stay here and everything's fine. And Obi or Anakin immediately whispers to Obi-Wan, what did you do? Jesus. Uh, normally when you do a mind trick, it's like subtle. That straight up looked like you turned her brain off and on to reset. Did you break her? <laughs> He's like, I didn't do shit. That man. wasn't me. I figured it was you, you little <laughs> rastabout. Uh and this is another point where we get some uh body <laughs> Yes, we get some bodies. They hit the floor. (laughs) Uh, We get some stuff about Anakin being extremely powerful. Yeah. Because he's like, Obi-Wan was going, you know, it felt weird. I wasn't sure if I was going to mind trick. There's some weird stuff going on. But I'm not detecting anything completely out of the ordinary. And Anakin's like, shit, I am. Yeah. Well, Obi-Wan does pick up a sense at some point where he's like, I can sense this human lady. There's nothing special about her at all. But also... There's like just a lot of force, just like a lot of diffuse force somewhere around I can't quite put my finger on it and when he does finally get the chance to talk to Anakin in private about it Anakin's like it feels like there's a wave coming like a big wave of force is coming from every direction at once and it's about to crest and it's nuts. Oh yeah, he's like normally when you get there's a different feeling than say Coruscant where you go there's a shitload of force but because it's a ton of people that are individual pieces of force Whereas he's like, this is one giant fuck off force wave. Yeah, which is straight up another giveaway that oh, it's a living planet. Like not yeah. like we haven't personally right here on Expounded Universe, the show about Star Wars novels, uh, encountered this exact same bullshit before. Yeah, where where uh, we had to establish that whatever the name of the planet of Crystal tw- Twilight Planet was, whatever that Crystal Star. No, it's Planet Twilight. Yeah, I don't remember the name of the planet. Um, why would you? Why would I? But it was also a planet that was essentially alive. Yeah, and they plus. Had to- we had the planet that was basically alive in the fucking kids' story. Yeah, the kids' story, although they weren't Jedi, so we didn't really get much. I think one of them eventually is. Yeah, maybe. Um, But not in that book. So we, this is our third living planet. We're, we've been around the block on living planets. Yeah, man. It's fine. Yeah. We've also dealt with Ego and Mogo. <laughs> so many O planets. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, it, Obi-Wan's like, you feel that shit? Really? And Anakin's like, oh, man, you don't. It's probably just me then. Oh, I probably fucked up. I'm getting the wrong signal. And I gotta say, this is something that the actual movies didn't do, and I wish they did, and I'm glad to see this book doing it, which is everyone's always going around talking about how much of an important, super special prodigy Anakin is, how he's like the best of the best of the best, and yet we never see him do anything that Obi-Wan can't do. Yeah. Like, oh, Anakin's the, the chosen one, and he's so amazing, and he's the greatest Jedi that's ever lived. And I'm like, Okay, what's, what does he do? Oh, all the same shit all the other Jedi do. Yeah, he can jump around and do some lightsabery stuff. Just, you know, same shit. Yeah. Different day. He loses in his, in every cool lightsaber fight we see him in, so I don't know if that... I mean, except for Dooku uh, the second time. The first time, Dooku gets his hand, and the second time, the Emperor rigs it. Yeah. it's <laughs> It is definitely nice to have small character moments where you're like, not only is it, oh, let's make sure that we can showcase that yes, Anakin is absolutely a complete prodigy. Yeah. He's there's some crazy weird. powerful, Yeah, but also that Anakin is coming at this, not from a place of like, yeah. And I know I'm a prodigy and I'm fucking full of myself, but that he is constantly like, unsure yeah. that he is right. Like the fact that he has all of this power comes from a position of like, but maybe, maybe I'm fucked up. I, I literally have no idea how to handle my own abilities. Yeah, he's like genuinely concerned that maybe he's not the prodigy, or if he is, he doesn't know if anyone's going to be able to handle it. Like, it's nice. It's nice to see him being shown as more powerful than he ought to be instead of just exactly as powerful as everybody other Jedi in the room because they were very indistinguishable in the uh, in the prequels. And I think I think it really is the timing of it because the prequels were like, you're going to go from being like a seven-year-old to an 18 year old, it was we don't really get the time like this timeline where he is sort of in that learning phase. Because by the time we get to teenage Anakin, you're like, oh, he's already learned basically everything. He's a Jedi fucking knight already. Yeah. There's none of that. Oh, I, I'm unsure of myself. I'm coming into my power. It's just, hey, little kid, you're going to be powerful one day. I'm powerful today. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, and even then, powerful in a way where you feel like he'd have pretty even odds against, like, just pick someone at random, Luminara Unduli or Kit Fisto. Yeah. Because they all do the flippy jumpies and they all they all can spin their lightsabers around and blow stuff backwards. They're all the fucking same. Yeah, and it's, it's one thing if you're like, oh, because we want to show that Obi-Wan really knows whatever and can beat him because he's his teacher, but then you'd want to establish that by showing him teaching anakin things whereas again the prequels just skip over all of the teaching so when obi-wan can beat anakin in a fight it's it doesn't feel more like oh i'm outpowered but i know all of his tricks because i taught them to him and just ah you're another jedi i'm a jedi who gives i gotta say one of my favorite things about the star wars storyline as it exists at this time is that obi-wan never really loses to vader or anakin yeah, he he beats him twice. He beats him. One- I don't know if you've watched the Obi Wan show. No. So he beats him once in uh, in the fan era. In you know what I mean. He beats him once in Revenge of the of the Sith. He beats him once in the Obi Wan show. And then in the big fight in New Hope, he just kind of goes, eh, "I'm gonna turn my lightsaber off and let you get me. I'm done. And at this point, I don't need to be a body anymore. I need to be a ghost. Yeah. So I'm just gonna let you be the path for me being a ghost. And you'll have to think about it." I'm gonna, I'm gonna live inside your head. I'm gonna be rent free, Anakin. <laughs> You've got a rent controlled head, and I'm getting in there. <laughs> the Emperor installed rent control in there. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> so yeah, uh, I, I love that that he's supposed to be this biggest prodigy ever, and Obi Wan just cannot seem to lose to this guy. Yeah. So uh, anyway. They go outside at her, her directive, and uh, they see an airplane coming down through the clouds. I mean, I keep saying airplane, but I really mean like hover things. Yeah, Star it's, Wars it's hover a, car. It's a fucking skimmer. Yeah, it's just instead of like the Tatooine ones, which are open because it's fucking hot there, yeah, they're closed because it's cold. I mean, it'd be fucking hilarious if a DC three came down and got him or something. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little puddle jumper comes down, and they're like, yeah. "Here we go, yeah. come on aboard, gentlemen, <laughs> get my Cessna." <laughs> It's the sea duck. <laughs> Blue comes on out. <laughs> Hope you don't mind my partner, Cloud Kicking, while we go for the flight. I mean, Kit Cloud Kicker, very clearly a Star Wars character. It's a perfect name. It's for a one. perfect Star Wars name. <laughs> Blue is also okay. Honestly, yes. Yeah. The real problem comes up when you have to work in Rebecca Ferguson or whatever. No, wait, that's a celebrity. Just Rebecca Cunningham is is the name of the character from- There it uh, is. For, yeah, okay. <laughs> there we are. That's a bad Star Wars name. Bad Star Wars name. Yeah, if you just change it to, like, Cunningham, that's probably okay. Yeah, you could go, like, I'm Eka Unningham. <laughs> Darth, Darth Unningham. <laughs> oh, Darth Becca. <laughs> Uh, okay, so, sorry about that. That's a little tailspin for those of you who wonder what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> Just a little tailspin for you. Also, ya. Wildcat was a character. <laughs> also, Kitten and Wiley Cat. <laughs> hey, don't cross the streams. Those are Thundercats. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, <sighs> all right, all right. So, an airplane comes down or, to pick them up. We go on back to Sinar, who is now all by himself on that great big uh, ship, I guess he's thinking about mostly. He's thinking about his outfit and how he probably picked the right outfit to feel better about this. If I'm going to have to ru- to run this ship I hate and be all stupid and get disgraced in the future, at least I can go out looking cool in browns and reds and blacks and some kind of Trade Federation uniform. He's got and, uh, blue, red, black, and gray, and there's all of the beautiful colors. They're very, very meaningful. <laughs> you know, gray is my favorite color. <laughs> I felt so symbolic. I <laughs> can't remember where that came up the other day, but there was like... Uh, I, I was talking to some people, and there was a reference that came down that was perfect for either referencing Mr. Jones or some Disney song. And the two became a war with the people who were more invested in the Disney song or the Mr. Jones song trying to sing two of them at each other. <laughs> you get just full musical gang war as yeah. they're like snapping their fingers and singing a song for at each no, other. But for no reason, and the problem is if I could remember what Disney song, I'm sure we could extrapolate by triangulation what the reference point was. But instead, we don't. We can't. We never will. Couldn't possibly. Yeah. So anyway, Sinar, um, he also has opalescent piping. Yeah. He's, he is a fancy lad right he's, now. He's Sinar is in full, cool, bad guy outfit because it's all black, red, gray, and opalescent nonsense. So he's just like, ooh, I look like a fancy commander. I've got my power suit. And th- meanwhile, the actual captain of the ship, Captain Kett, is just like in a brown fucking flight suit. Yeah, he, he's uh, playing Mass Effect and he picked that brown overall set. You can choose in the captain's quarters, but no one ever does. Yeah, he's just like, look, man, I don't give a fuck. I'm in like Trade Federation browns and I do not care. Yeah, everyone knows you pick any one of the pretty looking Admiral outfits unless you've unlocked the, uh, the, the what's her name side quest, in which case you dress in the party dress. <laughs> everyone knows that. Oh, and I don't, I don't know what you do if you're manshep. Who the fuck plays as Manshapp? Who would possibly? That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> Femshapp for life. Uh, so yeah, he's just sitting around his signar, and then finally being like, "Ooh, I'm gonna have to give the command to take us out of here." And yes, oh, Captain Ket, why don't you get us into position, and we'll we'll ram it out. <laughs> I feel like you're laying, laying it on. A little thick. Eh. Maybe for maybe if Tarkin was around, that's when he's really at his most on. Uh. <laughs> but, but right now he's just like, okay, <sighs> yes. I do like that he trots out an old phrase and then checks to see if the captain likes it. Yeah. He's like, let's blow the stardust off our trail. And the guy just goes, um, okay. The guy like, nods. He has a secret half smile. Yeah. This Captain Cat. I want to know He, what the secret he does is. a full Mona Lisa on yeah. this guy. I like to think he just has a huge bushy beard so you can't tell he's smiling in there. A big bushy beard. <laughs> but he's like, "Okay, sir. I'll let you know when we're going to light speed." And then he gets up on top of his fancy admiral platform that he gets in in the middle of this ship that he has, and is basically reviewing everything. We did have one last bit of of gear that's being brought aboard at this point that makes him feel a little better, which is a full complement of droid starfighters. Yes. So he at least has an air force if he needs one. But, you know, he's like, all right, Kat, what's the story? And he's like, yeah, we're just leaving orbit from Coruscant now. Uh, once we get to a position where we can go to light speed, we will. And then it'll be a three-day journey to Zonama Sakat. Yep. And, you know, Sinar is basically like, all right, uh, okay, let's go ahead. Once, it, once we're actually out there and ready to go, I've got some training regimens that I want the crew to do just so we're all prepared by the time we, you know, make it to Zanama orbit. And he's just thinking to himself, like, ah, good, I can get the crew to do all of these fucking training things so I can go do stuff, and that doesn't give them enough (laughs) time to get into trouble. Or more I think also for him is that he knows this is Tarkin's handbit crew. So he's like, look, I'm gonna have all of them working the entire time I go anywhere so that none of them are spying on me and also or murdering me. Give me the full, uh, like, write-up on all of these people's, uh, like, backgrounds. That's the perfect time to lay it on a little thick, because he goes, like, I want f- I- I to work up on every person in command. No, a full work up on everyone in command. I want their full record, not just the standard military <laughs> and record. The, and the reason it's finally, because then he goes up into his own head and goes, that sounds much better. <laughs> yes. Where that's he's, good. He's still judging whether or not he's a good military man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, it's great. He's a fucking CEO, and he's like, I gotta pretend to be a military guy, or no one's gonna take me seriously. Yeah. So he's like, I want a workup on every person in command. No, a full workup. Leave nothing unsaid. Perfect. Yes, got him. And <laughs> Kat's just like, Yeah, dude, you'll get it in an hour or so. Yeah, I, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, dude, it's fine. Everything's fine. You know that we're we're handpicked, trained super operatives or whatever. Yeah, if you want to go through. 300 giant full background write-ups be my guest my man <laughs> indeed i do because i don't want to have to do anything else and in fact i don't actually have to do anything else because then this chapter will end with it with uh cat coming back to him be like sir we're going to light speed now if you'd like to watch and he's like yes thank you and then he stands up on his like special platform th- he's like a little ladder he has to climb up to to get to well, where yeah, he stands on the there's, deck. there's a command platform that yeah. sort of looks down on the actual control area. Yeah, it's like he's in a little lifeguard tower. It's adorable. Um, but he has to climb a little ladder to get to his seat. Um, so he gets up there and he's like, great. And they have a giant, super huge view screen that goes up over his head because this is a Trade Federation ship. So he's basically standing inside of a big ball. And uh, and he's like, okay, go to light speed. Let's do this. And then he goes, boosh, into light speed. And he's like, yes, as an engineer, I always find that weird blue shit fascinating. Pilots, I'm sure, are very, very bored of it. But he makes a point of staring at it trying to look as steely as he can and serious and like putting, pushing one shoulder mm. towards it and be like, mm, I'm a oh, man yes. of the sea. Ah, for, ah, my first love, for the I open sea, a man of the sea. <laughs> he says to himself, staring into it until the view screen finally closes. And he's like, "Ah, oh, God, that was giving me a headache. And then he gets down and a droid gets up to do the same job. Yeah. He's just like, Oh, I don't actually need to be here. There's a droid that fucking does all the like navigation and whatnot. I'm just going to go back to my fucking quarters and look at a bunch of reports, maybe. Yeah. There's a pretty solid chance I'll just sit in there and think of cool weapons. I, That's what I'm best at. Just lie back and think of weapons. <laughs> Ooh, Tarkin's a bit of a weapon. <laughs> Ooh. He's got kind of an axe face. Yeah. <laughs> he's He's got those sharp cheekbones. <laughs> I love the part in the first one of the Sinar chapters when Tarkin gets a little disappointed with Sinar's kind of Petulance about the ship, and is described as sucking his cheeks in. And I'm like, are they coming out on the other sides? Is he clipping through himself right now? That dude's got nowhere to suck cheek. <laughs> oh, he can suck cheek with the best of them. <laughs> he has a sallow, cavernous face. <laughs> yeah, but this is young Tarkin. Oh, that's right. He must have had some big, plumpy cheeks in the o- in his younger days. Oh yeah, big, plumpy cheeks, Tarkin. Yeah. They called him. <laughs> Dude look, dude uh, ended up looking like Peter Cushing and started out looking like Josh Gad. <laughs> That's the road you travel. <laughs> you live long enough as a Josh Gad, you eventually see yourself as a Peter Cushing. God willing. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's pretty much the sinar chapter there's really not much in his second chapter no once you take tarkin away from sinar i'm like oh i'm not going to be as invested in this as i yeah, was you really want the two of them in the same room i'll be fine once he's facing off against obi-wan because that's that's more good energy yeah that'll be okay maybe also i may key dave may may uh blossom and flower into someone interesting we never know no. we get a chance to see him again i would love key dave to come back yeah Oh, Key Party Dave. Key Dave, come on back, buddy. We miss you. Let's just, you know, this is this is Expounded Universe sending out our message to Key Dave. <laughs> We're sending our love down the well. Key Dave, come on home. No judgment. We won't we won't ask any questions that you don't want to answer. Look, I'm gonna close my eyes and turn around, and if the key ends up on my desk, I won't ask any questions. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Anakin and Obi-Wan are in that plane thing. And yeah. they're 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 uh they can sense that there's a human flying it through a wall. But neither of them can get a good read on him, and Obi-Wan's not sure why, but Anakin's like, dude, it's because of this fucking wave thing. Yeah, this planet fucks my shit. There's so much Force energy everywhere, I can't get a read on anything. Like, I can still do Force stuff, sure, but, like, sensitivity Force stuff is not at its best here. No. And Obi-Wan's like, well, I'm glad you pick up on that, because to me it just kind of feels like everything's hard to read. Yeah, it just feels like everything's kind of fuzzy. Yeah. Ooh, everything's kind of fuzzy. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Now I miss (laughs) Qui-Gon. And his great big beard. His great bushy beard. Uh, So that's pretty much it. The two of them are having that conversation. Anakin's irritated because the skimmer is set up so that the windows are behind all the chairs. So he can't look out and watch the Boras forest go by. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a kid who loves flying around, especially in going fast. And they're like... Oh, you put me in a fucking airplane and you won't let me look outside. This is the shittiest thing imaginable. Yeah, so they fly in bored silence for a while, and then eventually land on a platform that is suspended between four of the Boras. Yeah, they go to basically the treetop village. Yeah, it's basically another Kashiek. It's fine. We're up to speed on what tree villages look like in Star Wars. Uh, yeah, we've seen a few tree villages. Uh-huh. They just... Go to one of those. This one's a little different in that they appear to do everything by suspending huge platforms between the trees instead of building around the trunks. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, it's, effect- it's effectively the same thing. And they land a full, you know, half kilometer off the ground. So they're way up in the air. Yeah. And, you know, when they get there, it's... It's super beautiful. Anakin's like, this is great. It smells amazing oh, here. yeah, got yeah, fresh bakery cinnamon roll smell comes yeah, wafting he, in. Yeah, he just like walks out and he's like, these trees smell like a Cinnabon and I love it here. Yeah, this is amazing. I'll never leave. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually he becomes soured on them and turns his thoughts towards the destruction of every Cinnabon <laughs> in the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> After I finish with the hot topics. <laughs> um, okay, so they get greeted by a guy and this is a weird moment. I'm going to bring this one up. There's a part where a guy comes up who is well over two meters tall. So he's something like seven foot eight. Yeah. And he is the color as described of Tatooine milk, which means he's blue. Yeah. A big, like fucking seven and a half foot tall blue guy shows up. And he's like, hi, my name's Gan. Welcome to Zonama Seacote. And they both say, oh, human. Oh, some human. And I'm look like, look at this big human. What? What? That's a big blue guy. I'm, I'm sorry. That's not normal. Yeah. Like I I know that you probably don't think he's like a duro or something or any of the other blue species you know about like not the chiss, because they're far in the future yeah uh, for for introductions but but like he's a big blue guy you you think he's a human not a near human or something and nope just this just big blue human not humanoid yeah just but it's weird uh, and it turns out he's actually a pharaohin which is a kind of human from the planet pharaoh yeah very healthy grain planet. And um, yeah, he, I and guess there they, they all walk like an Egyptian. <laughs> <laughs> they grow them tall and blue on Pharaoh. <laughs> uh, and uh, he's just like, hey, welcome to Zonama Sakat. You're going to be allowed to stay here and uh, learn what you need to learn. I'm going to tell you right now, like literally in the introduction, hi, I'm Gand. Welcome to Zonama Sakat, a planet that is very beautiful and very steeped in its super traditional ways. So settle in. You're going to be here for a while doing all kinds of tradition bullshit. Yeah. And he's like, look. Part of getting your own ship is actually being able to use the ship. And being able to use it means adapting to and accepting our way of life and our traditions. Yeah. Cause Obi or Anakin tries to start this. He's like, Hi, I'm Gand. We're steeped in rich tradition. And Anakin, who is getting really sick of this planet being boring, just goes, Where's all the super fast spaceships? Can I see a super fast spaceship? I'm a little kid and I want to see cool stuff. Yeah. And he's like, Whoa, you're not going to see those for days. Yeah, you've got to spend at least three days essentially learning all of our weird rituals so that you can manage to get there. I'm going to warn you, it's a lot of meditating and a lot of chanting. I mean, you're going to do a lot of chanting. Are you guys good at throat singing? <laughs> oh, we want, well, yes, I'm the throat goat. <laughs> Among the Jedi order, I'm known as the throat goat. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which Jedi do you think would step up and challenge that? Who's the one who pops in? Do you down? know the throat Goat? Well, of course I know him. He's me. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to figure out what Jedi would step up and challenge Kiadi Mundi, maybe. <laughs> You know Kiadi Mundi isn't a giving lover. <laughs> very, he hasn't he doesn't have time for that. He's very giving lovey lover. He gives his seed to them to the many, many needing Syrian women. Yeah, which means he is not spending any time on them. That's true. That's selfish right. lover. He's probably a selfish lover. You don't think he's getting one ready while he's dealing while he's dealing with the first one? <laughs> getting one ready. Yeah, you know. Uh, you know what I mean. You, 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 know. you pick up what I'm putting down. <laughs> I'm talking about foreplay. Yeah. 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 It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's he's going to be on Syria all day dealing with it anyway. He might as well efficientize, efficiency the process. Oh, yeah. We yeah. know ki Moody is running that thing like, <laughs> like an assembly line. Yeah. That's what I figure. It's like Model T's in there. Yeah. Every once in a while he has a glass of milk. It's fine. Yeah. So anyway, I'm sure he gets nothing from the process, <laughs> too. No. It'd be great to find out that he is technically the only Jedi who's allowed to fuck because of his weird species breakdown, but also they're like broadcast spawners. Yeah. So he just goes at, or he just goes up to like the top floor of a Syrian apartment building and jerks off out the window. Same. It works. But I get like, in trouble when I do it. And he's like, don't worry. It's perfectly normal. I'm a broadcast spawner. And then another Syrian comes through and is like, no, we're not. He just jerks off out windows. He does that. <laughs> he's gross. <laughs> Kiati Mundi, gross. Take him back to your planet where all your buildings are too tall for windows you can open. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Gan's just like, look. We've got a bunch of stuff you're going to need to go through and really makes it clear that it's not like, it isn't enough for you to just be like, yeah, I've memorized some words and I'll say the right words when you want me to. He's like, Klaatu. No, you have to actually, like, get on board. You need to join our cult if you're going to get a ship. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to become one with Sakat and so on. And- And Gan is very, very culty, because he's like, yes, I came here from Pharaoh, but I would never leave. I have found a true home here. Everything's great on Zonama Seacode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a part where he's like, I have been here for 20 uh, uh, in years, which is 60 of your years. He also uh, pegs them as from Coruscant immediately. He's like, people, even if they spend two weeks on Coruscant, I can tell their dumb accent. Um, so yeah, I know you're from Coruscant. Also, it's obvious that's where all the money is. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I've been here for 20 years of my years, and it feels like I could have been here a week or my entire life. Everything is different. Sakot does time in a different fashion. Yeah. Zanama is the planet. Sikot is what goes around the planet. The living matter. You must join with Sikot. And I'm like, all right, give me your fucking watchtower. ha ha ha! i get it yeah 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 yeah, i'll come to the vegetarian dinner fine jesus christ yeah no i won't have caffeine anymore it's fine (laughs) all right which one of you tells me who i'm allowed to have sex with (laughs) all right who are you pairing me off with (laughs) what politician am i trying to give anthrax to (laughs) i'm up to speed let's do this yeah i get it i get it Uh (laughs) uh-huh where's my bunk And that is just a spread of cults through history. <laughs> there it is. We left the Jim Jones one out. That's because, right. Yeah. For because, good reason. Because it's sad. Yeah. And the Heaven's Gate one for the same good reason. It's sad. Yep. I mean, most cults, sad. Very sad. Well, most of the suicide cults are very sad. Yes. I mean, I feel like that Nexium one has also had a very sad ending. I mean, I feel like generally any cult is yeah, going to be pretty sad. sad, sad. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. You got me there. You got me there. Uh, but oh, But he's like, so. Are you willing to pledge yourselves to Sukkot and become Sakot and become part of the collective? And Obi Wan's like, "Yes, yes. Clearly, we'll what? do that. Ugh, so I just sign, right? Yeah. I can I just cancel later? It, yeah, I'll just scroll to the bottom. Yeah. I accept. Accept. Where do I get my fourteen free CDs? <laughs> Here, here's a penny. Give me fourteen free CDs and then charge me twenty dollars for the rest of my life, and I will never be able to stop this. <laughs> Don't do it, Obi Wan. CDs are a dying medium anyway. You don't know what you're talking about. They have the greatest hits of Boz (laughs) Skaggs. I can't find this anywhere. (laughs) The man is the voice of an angel. (laughs) So, um... Anyway, he's like, good, now I must show you Sakat. And they... Oh, there was also a point where he hears a whistle in the trees. Like a wind whistles through the trees. And he goes, ah, yes, the Magister says I should show you Sakat now. So, yeah, they all speak planet. Yeah. They've all got planet speak. So... Good for them. Yeah, so he walks them through a little ladder and past some of the the giant uh, boras they were standing between and takes them to a spot where you can see that there's a whole civilization here. They've been at the edge of a city the whole time. Uh, It's just on the other side of these boras, and it's this massive canyon that is completely filled with trees that are just growing up out of the side, boras that are just growing up out of the side of it, all of them inhabited, and all of them strung together with giant cables running between them, that they have uh, airships running along the cables. Yeah, they've they've basically got just, like, little gondolas going between. Yeah, they use airships, but then they have these safety cables for guidance between them. So it's cool looking. It's all, like, rigid, dirigible things. Yeah. And, yeah, they can see them out there. And Anakin's like, damn, this place is more crowded than I thought. And that is really cool looking. Yeah, it's a neat planet. You've got a cool take on the whole treetop village thing. So that's nice. Mm -hmm. It's not just like little rope bridges. We've got the cool little airships. Yeah, and you're not just building little cabanas around the trunk like both the Ewoks and the Wookiees. Yeah, it's it's neat. It's a nice evolution of doing that type of thing. Yeah, so cool. I'm into it. And that's where the chapter ends. Yes, indeed. And we're done. And that's... That's where we end. That's where we're, we're stopping. We're going to move on to the next book now. And we're done. Whatever was going to happen after that is probably not that important. Yeah, pro- we're done with the, the Sinar Tarkin stuff, so I'm out. Yeah, they're not going to hook back up or hook up in this in this book. So we're just going to have to switch to writing our own fan fiction, in which they do. Yeah, and join us, join us. No, join that. us next week as we do Sinar and Tarkin fanfic live on the air for the next uh, 10 episodes. <laughs> That's all we do now. Uh-huh. That's the new show. Mm-hmm. And they will probably finally fuck around episode eight and then break up and then get back together at the end Yeah. for like the sweeps, you know, for the sweeps, we want to get, we want to get, you the, know, we need, sweeps fan fiction. We want to get this renewed. Yeah. Doesn't AO3 do sweeps? I'm sure they do sweeps. Yeah. That's how that works. Yeah. Or at least they get swept all the time by every AI in the systems. Hey. Hey. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Please come to our Patreon, patreon.com slash system If you support us at the $4 level, you'll get the bonus content That we are about to provide, and those among you who have pledged are about to receive. (laughs) That's right. So much good stuff that you can get over at patreon.com slash systemmastery for $4. We're going to Wikipedia. We're looking up stuff. We're talking about all of the marginalia of Star Wars where the most weird nonsense happens. Uh Uh-huh. And, uh, you know. We've been doing it for a long, long, long time now, so there's a million old back episodes that you would immediately get access to upon doing that as well. Oh yeah, go through and listen to the collective. Join us. Not only do you get access to all that, (laughs) join our collective. Join our collective. (laughs) Here's some shoes. Here's a list of people you're allowed to marry. (laughs) This just says Jeff on it. (laughs) Yes, it's a list of every Jeff. You may every Jeff you're allowed to marry. You're allowed to marry Jeff Dunham. (laughs) But don't. If you do, have him join our cult. <laughs> Please. <laughs> we, we we don't really want Jeff Dunham, but we are dying to get Peanut in the cult. <laughs> not the rest of them. Ahmed's not allowed. No. That's <laughs> terrible. Peanut can come. <laughs> Peanut's fine. He's Peanut woo- can get it. We're, we need more woozles. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> we also get access to the System Mastery bonus content and also ad-free versions of all the shows. So, hey. What a good deal. $4 a month gets you that. There Amazing. are Amazing. There are more levels available as well. Head to the Patreon. Check them out. Support us. We'd love that. Thank you so much. I've been Elan Slees-Bagano. And I've got some wonderful literature for you to read.